So, you know, we, we're starting a new series today. I titled it Blinded. We're going to be looking at the Christian journey through the eyes of Paul the Apostle. Uh, I'm excited for this series. I think that it has a lot of good to offer us. Um, just want you to know that we're going to be doing this next five or six weeks. Five, I don't, I have a short-term memory like a goldfish, but uh, want you to be present for this. Hey, share these things on Facebook every Every uh, week after Sunday service, we post them to Facebook, and so you have that option to share with your friends. They can go and listen to the message. Um, I want you to be aware that that's taking place. But uh, this new series looks at Paul and, and the different lessons that we can learn through him. Uh, not me, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, so just want you to be aware that that's coming up. I don't know about the rest of you. If you don't have kids, maybe you won't be able to relate with me, but maybe you've had a cat or a dog, and the process, honestly, is the same. And if you have little kids. I'm not trying to compare your children to cats or dogs. I'm just saying I'm trying to make sure everybody understands and fits in here. But I will say this. Personally, having little ones is like one of the coolest experiences around. I love watching Winifred right now because she's going through that stage where like she's mobile and talking a little bit and like the whole world is just a place that she's discovering. And so she's learning new stuff every day. Uh, she has this new thing where she'll walk up to you and she'll go, hold you hold you. And I'm telling you, it's like, the, it's one of those things. Just, <laughs> uh, and I, I'm like, I started writing the sermon. I, I come up with this introduction. I'm just talking about the story and it worked perfectly because she learned another new thing this week. So she has this little Fisher Price drum, right? Which by the way, somebody bought it for her. Like, it's one of those things that makes noise. And as parents, you're like, yeah, and everybody else buys it because they think it's hysterical. Uh, payback people, payback. But, you know, normally she's drumming. Well, she realized it works kind of like a stool for her, right? So she'll put it in front of the couch now and step up on it and climb up on the couch a lot easier. She's been kind of discovering that she can get up to places. And so it's kind of funny to watch her carry it around with her and set it down and get up on something that before she couldn't do it. And she's learned this new tool, and she's so proud of herself. She'll put it down, and she'll get up, and she'll turn and smile at you. And I'm just like, oh, you were so much cuter than I ever was. Um, Watching her attain new skills, it's awesome. It's encouraging and it's uplifting. And as a parent, it just gives you this overwhelming sense of pride. Uh, what I've noticed about watching Winifred and, and one of the things I noticed about watching Cordelia as she grew up is that they don't let their past define their future. Now, I know this seems like a huge jump, but like any failure to them, honestly, is just a new learning experience. And they use it to get better and smarter and try new things out and, and new skills, and they don't really, get, they get frustrated, and they'll, you know, they get frustrated, but they don't get discouraged to where they get to the place where, like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Like, Winifred will try something a hundred times, and a hundred one times she gets it. She's so happy and, and smiles and proud, and we celebrate it, and it's just fantastic to see, but they never let their past get in the way of what they think they can do in their future. As I said, each mistake is just a building block to get it right the next time. And they never give up. They're always pushing forward, and they use every experience to make themselves and the world around them better. Now, how does this pertain to us? This is what I'll say. We all have a past, right? Every single one of us has a past. And some of our past are darker than others. In the history of the church, no one, and I do mean no one, has a darker past than Paul the Apostle. As we look at his story today, uh, we should realize that regardless of what has happened in our past, no matter how unsavory, it's not a disqualifier when it comes to having a bright future or living our lives for Christ. We look in Acts 758 uh, through chapter 8:3, okay? So 758 through 8:3, and this is a story is talking about Stephen. Okay? So 
talking about Stephen, it says that they dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep and Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except, <clears throat> and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house, and he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. See, Saul, Paul, Saul, had such an unsavory history that one, he had to have a name change, right? But when we talk about Saul here, this is Paul the apostle. And so this story I find uh, to be one that's really enlightening and honestly uh, shows really well what we just kind of talked about the past seven weeks, the grace that Jesus has to offer each and every one of us. Here's what you have to know. One, having a past is inevitable, inevitable, not inedible. You probably can't eat it either. Having a past is inevitable, right? We all have one. It's kind of like uh, an Oprah giveaway. You have a past and you have a past and we all have a past and it's just what's happening. We have a past. It's there. Now, I had to be uh, what I considered to be a pretty great line about a month ago. And it, when I say my line, it, like this was a Jesus thing. But I had mentioned uh, that the great thing about the past is it really only takes one second to get there, right? To have a past. You can move on uh, from something that you've done literally one second later and, and it's in the past. And I know that the message I was talking about then was probably along the lines of uh, moving on from your past and focusing on your future. And that's something that as Christians, we must all do. Uh, but our past is very much a part of us and in a lot of ways makes us who we are now and who we become in the future, right? And so uh, Paul was no different, right? This is Paul. This is the guy who gets quoted hundreds, uh, thousands, possibly tens of thousands of times in churches every week every week. It's rare that I go a Sunday that has a sermon that doesn't have some scripture in it that's been attributed to Paul. Okay. I mean, this is like the guy when it comes to writing scripture. This is the guy when it comes to helping build the early church among the Gentiles. Um, it's, it's just amazing to see what he was to what he became. Here he is at the stoning of a major player in early Christianity. Uh, not just a witness, but an accessory to the crime, right? He's holding these men's coats as they're like going to pick up rocks. They're like, hey, here, Saul, hold this for me. And he's taking it on. Sure thing. No problem, buddy. Right? And they're just coming coat after coat and they're picking up their stones and then they murder Stephen for his beliefs, right? They stone him to death. Paul accepting those coats, it's him saying like, I approve of this. And just so it couldn't be... Uh, couldn't be confused at all. It says later that in scripture there, we read it, that Saul approved of their killing. Saul approved of their killing. We all have those things that we can think back to that we wish never would have happened, right? I'm not the only one who thinks back to my past and thinks, man, why did I do that? That was foolish. That was so ungodly. I wish I would have known better. Things that we can look back on and say, man, I did no service for the kingdom there. Like I, I, I was a lot like Paul or Saul here and I was holding coats as others were stoned. I was looking to destroy the church because of my actions, right? We're either hot or we're cold. And, and if you're not hot, then you're working as an adversary 
to what it is that God's trying to do in the world. And so we all have those situations where we can think back to and say, man, I, I wish that was not me. Okay, I can look back to times where I was a heavy drug user and I would have qualified as an alcoholic and I treated people terribly and I was caught up in a life of um, lust and a life of uh, fornication, to use a church word. I, it, there's so many things that I can think back to in my life where, to just be frank, I'm embarrassed of. And there's been times in my life where those things have weighed me down and made me feel like because of what's been there, I, I can't be what God's asking me to be. I will still run into people to this day from high school and from uh, around that time in my life where uh, they'll say, hey, what are you doing now? And I'll tell them I'm a special education teacher and they're shocked by that. You are? Yeah, I am. And I'm also a pastor at a church. Wait, what? <laughs> like if I told you how many times I got the wait, what? I, you know, good grief. And it stings. Every time I hear it, it stings. But I also know that I earned that reputation. And I have deserved that reaction based on what I've done. But then I read Paul's story and I think to myself, and, and honestly, maybe this is just one of those things we do and it makes me feel better. But I think back to myself, it couldn't have been that bad, could it? Like it wasn't that bad. I wasn't murdering anybody. I wasn't persecuting anybody necessarily for the religion or their beliefs. Now, there were times that I was a jerk and there were plenty of situations where people would be like, dude, you were awful. You made my life miserable. I hated you. Um, it makes me feel bad. I remember that. But we all have a past. And it's just one of those things that we cannot get beyond. But, you know, if Paul did what he did and could still be used by Jesus and could still be used by God, then, you know what, we can still be used too. One of the things that we learn from Paul's journey that I find to be so amazing is that grace has no bounds, right? There isn't something that God cannot forgive. Whatever you have in your past that you may be holding on to that may be slowing you down in your life as you try to move forward and move on in the future and serve the kingdom, let it go. You can let it go. It can be forgiven. Grace can be shown to you, right? These are things that we learn from Paul's story. He tried to destroy the church, and he almost succeeded. And yet, here we are talking about the great apostle Paul and the things that he did in his life to build the church and to further the kingdom and to love people. What we have to understand is that our past does not define our future. Okay, your past does not define your future. Whatever exists in your past, it doesn't have to haunt you in the now or in the future. It doesn't have to keep you from serving Jesus. It doesn't have to keep you from changing the way that things were to the way that they should be. It just doesn't have to. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 15, I thank Christ, Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus, who came in the world, who came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. Paul makes some really startling revelations here. Okay, really starting revelations for somebody who is working on behalf of Christ the King. Listen to these things. 
He calls himself a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man. Then he goes on later in the same passage to say, I am the worst sinner ever. I am the worst sinner ever. Like if we look at qualifications for his job interview of becoming an apostle, he's not getting the job, right? If you list, you go and apply for a job and they're like, hey, what are your skills? I'm super negative. I never show up on time. I'll complain about pay constantly. And there's a good chance I might slap you in the face, right? You're not getting the job. It's just not happening. And here's Paul saying, hey, I spoke out against God and in, in Christ. I persecuted others who believed in him and did everything I could to make their lives miserable. I threw them in jail. Man, woman, child did not matter. I was violent, responsible for murder. I am the worst sinner of all time. But look what it is that Jesus has done for me. Look what it is that Jesus has done for me. And if he can do that for Paul, he can do that for you. He can do that for me. He can do that for me. Having a past is inevitable, but it does not have to define us. Just doesn't. Still, Christ considered him trustworthy, gave him strength, and called him into his service. See, because it's not your past that defines you in Christ. It's what you can be in your future once you've met him. It's not your past that defines you in Christ. It's what you can be in the future once you've come across Christ that matters. Time and time again, Christ tells us, go. We see it in scripture, go and sin no more, right? People that are doing things that they shouldn't be against the law, sinful actions. Does he excuse them of it? No, he confronts them. You've sinned, it's wrong. But you know what? From this point forward, go and sin no more. Move on, move on. Do the right things from this point forward. Because of my grace and my love and my death on a cross, you can be forgiven. Your past does not have to define you. Ezekiel 36, 26, God is speaking to the nation of Israel and he says that I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Those are words, those, that's, a, that's a promise to the nation of Israel that was extended to all of us when he sent Jesus, his son, to live this earth and to be sacrificed for us. He will change our hearts from the inside out. What it once was is not what it has to be. If you seek forgiveness from Jesus, you receive forgiveness. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Regardless of what you've done, if you repent, if you repent and you seek forgiveness and you look to move forward, Jesus welcomes you with open arms. Paul, the man who killed his followers. Paul, the man who threw his followers in jail. Paul, the one who said that this Jesus is not who he says he is. His death on a cross is meaningless. Meets Jesus, which we will talk about next week. And Jesus welcomes him with open arms. 1 John 5, 4, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Think back to your past. I was a liar. I was addicted to drugs. I struggled with porn. I was dishonest in business. I was a tax collector. I was a fornicator. I was an adulterer. I screwed up here, and I screwed up there, and I screwed up everywhere. And yet, in the eyes of God, grace can still be yours. 
in the eyes of God, grace can still be yours. Maybe you have grasped this. Maybe you have understood this. Maybe it's something in your life and in your heart that you just know 100%. If that's the case, wonderful. You need to be sharing that with everyone that you come across and with the world around you. And these things that have been gifted to you, you need to give to others. In the end, in the end, you're the author of your story. In the end, you're the author of your story, and I will explain what I mean by that. You determine, you, you determine what your past is to you. You determine what your past is to you. Both successes and failures. I suggest that as Christians, we look at our past as lessons. We look at our past experiences as lessons learned, as things that we will grow from, as things that we will move on from, as things that maybe we need to repent from, right? But things that we will use to further the kingdom of God. That's how you decide the ending of your story. You can learn from your past if you use it for good. Your past can be a good thing if you use it for good. One of the reasons that I feel like uh, God called me to be a teacher is so that I can confront some of the things that I did when I was these kids' age, when I see it. And I can help them understand how this temporary high that they're receiving from these actions, whatever they may be, in the long run of life is only going to be something that they can look back on and regret, right? I have a rule in my classroom. One of my main, I have five rules. One of them is be kind. I, I deal with kids that have all sorts of struggles on a daily basis. And there's things that they deal with that I truly believe are out of their control in a lot of instances. And it makes life for a lot of them very difficult. But one thing that they can always control is whether or not they're kind to others. And this is the conversation I've had with them. There's a lot of things you can't choose. Some of you are going to work and work and work and work and work and maybe scrape by barely with a D in one of your classes. You've just done enough to pass it. But you can always, no matter what, in every situation, be kind to the world around you, even if they're not kind to you. Even if they're not kind to you. And so we can control our story from that side of things. How we respond to what has happened to us in life, whether it's happened to us or we were the one causing it to happen, determines everything when it comes to the future. It determines everything. You can continue to repeat the same mistakes or you can even compound by mistakes. You can even compound your mistakes by having that mindset that says, well, I've already sinned, so what's one more? Right, a lot of us, do, I, I do that with food. Right, maybe you can relate better to that. I know I'm supposed to eat healthy, but I already had a donut today. I might as well have a 15-ounce chicken fried steak with mashed potatoes and gravy and just throw butter on everything for good measure, right? I already had one little mistake. I might as well just blow out my whole day. A lot of times we can do that with sin, right? 
like we do something, maybe we say something that we shouldn't have said to somebody and it was sinful and it was mean and it did nothing to give them life and we thought, hey, I got that off my chest, I might as well just hit them with all of it, right? And we can walk through life sometimes doing that. That's just crazy. But if you hold on to your past in a way that you're punishing yourself for the things that you did because you feel awful about it, if, if you do that, then you're not allowing your heart to be transformed. You're not allowing Christ to come in and make a change in you that says, hey, your future will be better than your past. You're still living in your past. And that doesn't do you any favors, and it doesn't do the world around you any favors either. We have to learn to repent and accept forgiveness. Because what you once were does not have to be what you are or what you're going to be. It just doesn't. And we learn that. We see that from Paul. There is no better example than Paul. His past was dirty. And it was gross. And it was hateful. And yet, when he met Jesus, everything changed. And I can tell you this, that Paul would not have been Paul if he continued to let his past negatively affect his future. You've made mistakes. Learn from them. Use them to better the world around you. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. This is Paul, by the way. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now and I thank you for this day. I thank you for this message. I hope that... Um, that this has stirred hearts. I hope that people um, can relate to this and that it resonates with them. And even if, even if they're not at a place where they're still holding themselves accountable for those past sins that have been forgiven, God, I pray that you can use this to help them help others move beyond that. Because our past, whether we like it or not, are, are a part of who we are and they make us a lot of what we become. Um, but God, we can use those things uh, to better ourselves, or we can use those things to punish ourselves, and you don't want us to punish ourselves. You want us to repent. You want us to recognize that we've done wrong, but once we seek that forgiveness, you want us to move forward and, and to go and to sin no more and to learn from those mistakes and to just get better daily. And we look at Paul's story for the next couple of weeks, and we look at it today, God, we see that your grace and your forgiveness knows no bounds. That no matter what it is that we've done, in our past, that affects us, that has previously defined us, that has been the thing that's been like the ball and chain that weighs us down and pulls us under the surface that we feel like we can't get past. God, you have scattered that as far as the east is from the west. And you don't see us that way. You see us as the new creation with the new heart that you put inside of us. You see us for what it is that we can be and what it is that we can do for the kingdom and not 
what it is that we have been or what it is that we have done to be detrimental to moving forward. Help us to accept the love that you have given us in Jesus. Help us to all find strength in who he is as our king. And help us to forget what's behind us and to strain to just push forward, chasing after the kingdom. We ask all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.